if I keep my body moving and my mind occupied at all times, I will avoid falling into a bottomless pit of despair. This is America, Jack. And I will have my vengeance. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. My message is simple. The people need you. This is The Brian Suits Show. Good morning to you, Victoria Taft. How are you? The adult in the room is... Brian is in court today. No, not because he's a perp, but because he's a jur- uh, a, a jurist. Just 50-50 on that one. That's You think? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't think he's going to make a jury. Uh, the last time, I, I've been called a jury duty in every city in which I've lived. I don't know. Uh, it's because, you know, you switch out your driver's license and they go, ooh, fresh meat. And then they find out you're in the media. And then and then it's over. And it's like, why do you, I mean, I'm glad they call because at least they're, they're not pre-vetting the jurors. They're waiting for attorneys to do that in court through voir dire. However... I wonder sometimes if, you know, sometimes you just, do you really want a right-wing radio talk show host on your jury? And they're, some people may. And they're robbing you of your civic duty is some, what they're doing. Yeah, well, we don't want to do, well, that's true. I mean, I think that I am more fair than than most. I mean, I have changed my mind as the foreperson of a jury before. No kidding. Yes, sir. And I was a young, dumb, and new newbie, and I got on a jury and I thought I knew what I knew. And, but I was a young, dumb kid and I was surrounded by a bunch of older people who said, well, thing is, the law says this. And so I was forced to go along with the law. I applied the facts to the law and that you're not, and then the. Imagine that. Convicted. Convicted. Assault. Dillweeds. BT dubs should never have gone to court, but and I did write the judgment note about that. And was that like a month long, two month long trial, or like a few <sighs> weeks? Or do you remember? remember? I think it was. I don't know. I want to say it was like two weeks. That's my biggest fear. Is like I'll be okay with a nice, tidy week and a half trial if I'm foreman on the jury, but like two month murder trial or something like uh, that. I mean, that could go on and on and on and oh, on. Can you imagine suits on a murder trial? I mean, he'd be great. I don't doubt course, that for a minute. Of course. But I. I had a night job then. I was doing the news at night. So I'd go straight from court over to my job. So I didn't actually cause any problems for my employer because I thought, wow. oh, God, they're going to fire me. That, you know, this is, you know. I mean, you always think that, but they can't, by the way, people. They, they just can't. And so this, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a neighborhood problem that, Neighbor versus neighbor eventually ended up in someone striking another person. And it was beyond the Rand Paul and his neighbor who hated his politics. And he tried to kill Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, Kentucky. But no, this was a, I can't even remember what the nature of the the assault was, but somebody clobbered somebody else. And it didn't go over well with the jury. You're not going to believe this. But I'll never forget the the, um, defense attorney. Jury questioning. Asks me. So, you're a reporter? I said, yes. And he says to me, something on the order of, as a reporter, are you prepared to find the truth? Or will this be, uh, you know, leaving hanging? Or are you going to lie about it? <laughs> you're like, oh, lie, for sure. I mean, I mean totally lie. I'm totally going to lie about it. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought that was the first time I'd ever had anybody question the veracity of a reporter before. But now I know so much more. Now I'm now I'm in. Now I understand. 
Well, I'm glad you made it out of there alive. And the joke's on him because now you're rich from all those jury duty checks. Oh, I know it. <laughs> Buying myself a Ferrari with my all my checks. Oh, sorry, Brian. What? what I wonder how much they uh, how much they get. It's got to be below minimum wage. Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. It's below minimum wage. But I remember the last time I was supposed to be on jury duty. Then my husband fell and had to go to the hospital and I had to go to the jury person and I said, yeah, you know, that second voir dire tranche I'm supposed to go through. Mm -mm. I have to go to the hospital because my husband's in the hospital. And he was, of course, I wouldn't lie about that. And so I didn't get an opportunity, but I, but I don't remember what they were paying. I, ugh, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. They, they it's not have about a... the money for you. It's never been about the money. It's about your civic duty. We've established this. You know, it's about your civic duty. But you actually have to have people in this day and age who really appreciate the United States of America. It's true. And it's um, compliance. And, in fact, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hold on. Looking. Uh, what's an, I know you're good for it, Greg. Um, so I'm looking for elevating the nature of the rule of law. Um and, oh my! What's the what's the opposite of denigrating? This is really interesting for the audience, I'm sure. Well, you use the word elevating, right? Yeah, I don't know. elevating the rule of law. It, it, that's all the rage in uh, culinary circles. Is uh, if you make mac and cheese, you're not just making mac and cheese; you're making elevated mac and cheese. Oh, we would like your elevated mac and cheese recipes on the uh, text line at 800-465-8770. and also we might want your opinion about oh, I don't know, Ron DeSantis pulling out and asking you what your dream ticket would be for the 2024 election. And we're taking those little comments, not little, they can be long, at 465-8770, on the text line. Uh, yeah, Sarah, everything's elevated. My uh, aunt sent me a recipe, and this is the thing for her. She likes to send recipes, cool. And it was crab macaroni and cheese, because it's crab season, you know. Everybody everybody's doing crab, the, cra the big crab feeds. So, um, yeah, so crab. I don't think I would, would you mess up crab? Would you mess up macaroni and cheese with crab? Hard or would to you mess just, that I mean, one up. You could. Uh, I mean, I've had tastes of my husband's lobster macaroni and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Kia boy's in court today. He is, um, he's been a very, very bad boy. At least he says he has not done these bad things because he has, uh, he has said that he is not guilty of the charges against him. But thing is, ooh, Salen Kelly arrested by Seattle police early in January near his home in the South Park neighborhood. And he's believed to help steal a dozen cars between October 23 and January 24. That would be this month. And he's only been charged with five of them. And so this is this is a. This is a conundrum for me, this Kia boy thing. And they sell, you know, they steal all kinds of Japanese made cars or, in fact, Korean made cars. And so it's because it's easier. And I don't know why it's easier, but I know that I get rolled eyes whenever I ask. Like in the newsroom, it's like these cars are so easy to break into. It's unbelievable. I mean, they make equipment just for those cars to get into them. So I appreciate the fact that they are easy to get into. And I also appreciate the fact that this guy has almost single-handedly increased the number of car thefts and therefore the car theft stats single-handedly in the city 
of Seattle and King County because he's apparently he's perfecting his craft. So he's in court today. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, we have some revelations in the FBI pipe bomber situation at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. There's more evidence to suggest that nobody really thought it was a big deal that there was these Flava Flav sized clocks on these pipe bombs that were set in obvious places, one by a club which was close to the RNC, but not at the RNC. And another one that was on DNC headquarters. I mean, has anyone seen the the Cat Williams conversation with Shannon Sharp recently? That will suck you into the rabbit hole, man. I'll tell you that much. But he's wearing a huge, huge uh, thing that looks like an Earth, Wind & Fire logo on his chest. So I'm bringing, you know, the old school with the new school. And it's huge. I mean, it's... Flavor Flav slash Earth, Wind and Fire. Cat Williams has got it on his chest. And that's how big the clock was on these pipe bombs. And they were like, hey, it's a pipe bomb over here. Hey, woohoo, pipe bomb. And and yet, even though a passerby told the uh, Secret Service and the local Metropolitan Police about the fact that, hey, you know, there's a pipe bomb over there. And they knew that... Kamala Harris was inside the DNC building. Americans did not know that for a year because they lied about it and said that Kamala Harris was in the Capitol building to to enhance charges against J6ers. So put that one in the back burner for just a second. But she was inside and they did not even think about rushing over to determine whether or not there was a pipe bomb there because they'd already swept the land and this pipe bomb supposedly was there for 17 hours and no one seen it. No one had seen it. So, which is pretty wild. So now we're kind of wondering, um, how come there was no visible display of, Oh, good grief. We got to get this bad boy out of there. Nobody was running. No one appeared to care of all of the, Uniformed police officers, <laughs> after being told there was a pipe bomb over by a bench in front of the DNC. Oh, okay, well, we'll get right on it. There are school children walking across the street. There are passersby of every ilk. There was, an, there was a, actually, a, very interestingly, a bunch of black-masked Antifa types that were so uniformly put together, it would make your head turn. And like, who are these people? Put that one on your back burner as well. And they're all coming from around and around the DNC. But but there was a pipe bomb there. And the kids, they wouldn't tell the kids not to cross the street. So they treated it as a WMD because pipe bombs are considered a WMD, believe it or not. And they also sort of lackadaisically treated it. Their protectee was in the building and they didn't do really much of anything to lock down the building and get rid of the pipe bomb immediately. So the uh, some robot eventually came and dis, disarmed the pipe bomb, which probably wasn't armed to begin with. And there began the narrative of January 6th, 2021. So crazy. I mean, just so crazy. When you see the video of Secret Service not even... Oh, Okay. You know, Metropolitan Police, which was part of the circuit Secret Service detail that day for Kamala Harris. And they don't really appear to care 
at all. It's just wild. It is just wild. So Darren Beatty over at Revolver has um, come out with another one. And it's not dispositive, as I've said on social media. It's not dispositive of anything. But yet it's another tranche of information that makes you go, what is really, what was really going on here? What happened? Why were they do? I mean, why would they not treat this as the emergency it was supposed to have been treated like? 17 hours, my patootie. It wasn't there that long. Somebody set that off, and it appears to be at the same time. I don't know. It's just, hey, man, I just report the news. I don't make it. And I don't make it up either. So let's see what else is in the news today. I have my whole list here. And uh, it appears to be a fairly, I would say, complete list. And you know the world is turned upside down? The world is turned upside down when John Fetterman starts making sense. He has been speaking. Maybe it's because the synapses in his brain's brain now works overtime because after his stroke, he couldn't speak and couldn't do much of anything, couldn't read, couldn't uh, collect his thoughts, could not put together a, a cogent sentence. And now he's going, he says, well, the American dream is being ruined by a bunch of, a bunch of illegal aliens allowed to invade the country from all over the place. Wait, do you realize that we have a division sized amount of illegal aliens coming over the American Southern border every week, if not every day, just depends on where you are. Thousands. What is that? 15,000 people over 8 million people since Joe Biden took over. This is ridiculous. That is an invasion. I, I don't know what you'd call it if you don't think it, it's an invasion. So there is a effort. There's an effort to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, who's the DHS secretary. The, you know, he's the guy who's bringing you all sorts of wonderful programs like, oh, I know. Uh, let's look at the Bibles people are purchasing. Let's look at the other books people are purchasing. Let us look at, see what kinds of clubs people belong to. And, and uh, hey, by the way, company X, Y, or Z, would you please let us know what people uh, you have as your customers, what they've been buying? Because we'd like to know. That's This is this guy. And he's letting who knows who across the southern border. We, uh, yeah. Mm. I think I haven't mentioned the fact that Ron DeSantis got out of the race yesterday. Ron DeSantis got out of the race yesterday. I think it was inevitable, but did you think it was coming this soon? I did not think it was coming this soon, and I think that there's a reason why it was not coming this soon. He had to leave before he got defeated in New Hampshire by Nikki Haley uh, and got completely dropped by all of his money people, but more than that, he would have compromised his position to do get something in the Trump administration had he not pulled out of this this mo- moment. Frankly, I think he would have divided the the vote. Um, and and as uh, let's see, the Washington Post uh, played the audio from Ron DeSantis's uh, statement yesterday, and this is what the Washington Post. Put out. I was looking for cuts yesterday for you, and I saw a DeSantis speech. I wanted to see the whole thing. So the Washington Post has it, and here it is. This is what they they put on their YouTube channel for Ron DeSantis's 
pulling out of the race. Over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. Okay, so that was something on the order of a 42-second soundbite that the Washington Post decided to put on its YouTube channel and saying that this was what Ron DeSantis said. This is what Ron DeSantis had to say to people, and this is the part that they put on their channel as the uh, probably the most informative part of the uh, speech. And you'd have to know that there was more of the speech uh, because they didn't put it on their channel. They just wanted you to see this part and we've worked our hearts out and this and that. And uh, he mentions the decline, but here's why the Washington post didn't want all of Ron DeSantis's speech on their YouTube channel. And it went something a little like this. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq, to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. Okay, that's very nice. You, you say, oh, Washington Post, yeah, they don't need to put that in. It's no big deal. Okay, I, I'm with you there. I'll, I'll give you that. Here's what else they left out. It reminds me why I decided to run for president to fight for those who've been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Western civilization can survive. The Washington Post doesn't even put that on their page. That's very interesting. Their YouTube channel. I should very. Wait, wait, wait. What else did they leave out? Huh, that's weird. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, oh. and restore sanity to our society. Oh. oh! And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, yeah, yeah, regain yeah. sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. Sanity. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded. Our and we whoa, launched whoa, this whoa, campaign what? to bring accountability. Wait, 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 wait. Invaded? Oh, that's why the Washington Post didn't put it on their YouTube channel. And there's other stuff they left out. You're going to love it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what Nikki Haley's response was and uh, why she said Trump in the last couple of days. He's really losing. He's losing his cognition. We'll tell you why. 
and it's a doozy. Victoria Tafton for Brian Suits. I am your adult in the room. Here is the text line, 800-465-8770. What's your dream ticket for you 2024 voters? Ooh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'll keep you in suspense. Victoria Taft with you in for Brian Suits. I am your adult in the room. He's not. <laughs> He's on jury duty. Oh, man. Oh, man. So check out my podcast, the Adult in the Room podcast. Recently, I've had some, well, obviously, I have really interesting discussions with people in the news and some behind the news kind of things. And I had the most interesting interview recently with a former CIA chief of uh, Middle East desk guy, field guy, though, about how to fix the CIA and how to keep them out of politics. They've been involved in the presidential politics for generations now, and uh, he, he thinks they ought not do that. And we saw their participation in the 2016 election, the 2020 election, and there is some case to be made that they would probably, if not already, be, be involved in the 2024 election uh, in the way of operations, information, uh, operations, information, operations. That's it. That's what I'm trying to say. So pretty interesting stuff. We are uh, asking for your crab recipes because it's crab season. And uh, but that's not the whole thing I want to do to at least uh, Talk about a little bit in your texts at 800-465-8770. I want to know what your dream ticket is for 2024. And a recent interview I did on my podcast, which you're not going to believe is called the Adult in the Room podcast, uh, features Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf. We talk about her findings on the COVID stuff, but also her she's a political um, advisor. She is. And she told me who she thinks Trump's VP should be. And I thought that was pretty darned interesting. So you'll have to go listen for that. Uh, and uh, meantime, of course, Ron DeSantis pulled out. We'll tell you a little bit more about his leaving the presidential election in the primary stage after one primary. And, uh, of course, uh, Nikki Haley is now going out and about talking about the fact that Donald Trump is losing it in the head. And, of course, that's because it's easy to, to say that. And, and the Democrats, actually, the Democrats supporting her, and, and uh, that's true, Arabella, as well as the other organization, the big money guy whose name is Reed Hoffman, is infusing her campaign uh, just to go, go at Trump. And so she's bringing up this cognitive problem that he has because he mistook her for, in a sentence, she, he was just had her on the brain and then said, hey, about January 6, 2021, well, I told Nikki Haley all about the fact that we had 10,000 National Guards people available to deploy that day, and she should take them because we understand, according to Intel, we're getting, there's going to be trouble. 
And so, of course, Cash Patel, who was in charge of it that day, uh, the National Guard and disseminating this information to the congressional leaders, including uh, Nancy Pelosi, is who he meant to say, they chose not to. And, of course, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., said, no, we don't want that look. It's a bad look for us. We'd rather have concertina wire after the fact. Never mind. So now she's saying, well, he mistook me for Nancy Pelosi. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't think I'd actually tout that very much, uh, Nikki Haley. I don't think I would call it a cognitive synapse firing. I would call it a problem for you. (laughs) And so one of our gentle readers, our gentle listeners, has texted into the text line, I can absolutely understand how President Trump mistook Haley for Pelosi. They're the exact same person, essentially. Both believe that a man can become a woman, which is exactly the problem, why this world is um, a problem. (laughs) And I would not say the rest of it because I can't. Uh, Daring Dangerous Dave, who always writes in when I'm on, he probably writes in every day, but I always appreciate his messages when I'm on the air on KTTH, uh, 800-465-8770, the text line. He says, I was on a jury about one and a half years ago where I think I did a lot to make every uh, make up everybody's mind, partly to get out of there for them. Uh, let's see, from the 840 um, about DeSantis leaving. Um, when I said DeSantis pulling out, he goes, the 12-year-old boy in me at 610 in the morning couldn't help but chuckle. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, I was hoping we'd all get above that. I'm, I'm expecting you to elevate yourself just above that a little bit. My dream ticket is winning a Powerball ticket. Screw politics, says the 253. I feel that. Why doesn't our judicial system go to a pool of paid jurors, a salary for people that would treat it like a job rather than a group of people that are unable to get out of it? Oh, come on. I get it. I understand. We can't expertize all of our civic life. We need to have people involved, you know, normal people. I think we can find out by about what the impact of the expert class has been on society by just looking around. Yeah, this perfect example I'll tell you about coming up in the next block about experts, stakeholders being on committees. Oh, well, they have a particular reason why we, they should be there. And I'll tell you what the outcome is. It's the dumb leading the dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Kelly writes in. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is insane. She sent me a link. It's to a Federalist article. I have high respect for the Federalist, even though I work for a competing publication. Uh, two-thirds of elites say there's too much freedom in America. Do you find that to be a problem, Greg? Greg Thomas. Too much freedom? Yeah, too much freedom. Is that, is that an issue, do you think, for you? Uh, I come from the Viktor Frankl camp that says freedom is meaningless uh, without equal parts responsibility. So I don't know if that answers your question. But you, as long as it goes in tandem with responsibility, right. the more freedom, the better. Well, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as you pr- prove yourself worthy of the freedom. So you don't, and uh, by proving yourself worthy, meaning you take responsibility, you hold up your end of the bargain. See, people, Americans have forgotten that, but there you go. 
Americans have forgotten that, and that's a shame. Okay, so Ron DeSantis uh, announced yesterday that he's out of the race. Okay, we talked about that. Uh, we've talked about some of the fallout of that, and some of the fallout is that, uh, of course, he doesn't. He can suspend his campaign, which means he gets to keep everything in his coffers and use it as he accordingly. Right. So he's probably got lots of dough there. He wants to bring a lot to wherever he goes next. He's got two more years left in his gubernatorial job in Florida. He's done an excellent job, in my humble opinion. I am H.O. And I think that he is more valuable as someone in a position of leadership on the, on the scale of a Florida than he might be in a Trump administration. However, however, he terms out in 26. And Trump goes to 28. So if he if he wins and all 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 bets are on Trump at the moment, but we all know how that can go south, right? I mean, we're already hearing about how he's uh, going to turn America into a fascist state, right? We're already hearing that again. Remember we heard that before. And he of course he proved it when he was president by giving everyone more freedom, which is to say getting the government off their backs. So, obviously, However, that's that's the the beating drums in the background. That's what's going on. And so the Washington Post decided to play an excerpt. Well, I thought it was the whole thing initially because I hadn't seen it had just broken. The story had just broken. I heard it saw it on Twitter or saw it in a bulletin notification I got on my phone. So I thought, ah. Ron DeSantis pulled out. Ron DeSantis got out of the presidential race. Do I have to just say it with more words? Just, okay. Ron DeSantis left the presidential election in the brush, in the uh, Russian in the Republican primary. And so the Washington Post says, well, you know, here's a little excerpt. This is what I thought was the sum total of his speech until I went back and found out that there was, there was a lot of stuff that Ron DeSantis had said, but the Washington Post didn't think it was worthy of your notice, such as. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, oh. and our kids to be indoctrinated. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability. Oh, I started it over. I, I apologize for that. But I t it just brought me to mind that, wait a second. It's so, it's so clear to me now. It's... No wonder they didn't want him to say that on the Washington Post's uh, YouTube uh, page. I can see that. Yeah, I understand that. Because they didn't want to say that. They didn't want that out there. So here's what else he had to say in his announcement yesterday. We can choose political indoctrination or we can choose classical education. Oh! These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. Western civilization can survive. The Washington Post didn't want that on their website, their, their YouTube channel. And here's something else that he had to say yesterday as he left the race and took in all of his options for his future. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country 
If we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, uh -huh. our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The D.C. elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, oh. and they do not work for you. Oh. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. I'm pretty much assured that we have a soundbite that is of a bomb exploding. Do we? Sure. A kablooey? Sure, why not? Hold on, let me pull it up for you here. Oh, dropping bombs. Ron, this, here, I'll just give you oh, a last bit of Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah, go oh. ahead. Oh, okay, there we go. To pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. <laughs> was that the wrong one? That was the wrong one. That was the, referring to the other part of his announcement yesterday. Anyway, we're back in a couple of minutes with Tori D. And we're Brian Suits. <laughs> AIM 770 KTTH. Good morning, Monday, Victoria Taft, your adult in the room in Fort Brian suits, your juror in the room. He's on jury duty. He will have mad stories to report when he gets back. I'm assuming he won't make one. <laughs> you never know. They come in in huge tranches on Mondays and then by Tuesday. He might be gone tomorrow. I have no idea. I can't imagine anyone wanting him on a jury uh, if they are a defense attorney and their client is guilty. Over to you, Greg. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> we shall see. I'm sure we'll have uh, folksy anecdotes that abound oh, from this experience. I mean, just looking at the people and seeing where they come from. And they're, I, I always appreciate people who really, they frankly don't relish being there but they're going to make the best of it and they're going to render a, an honest opinion and i have heard especially after the trial uh, the police trial in tacoma there are people who even against all odds will make the right decision and the, as they did in that decision and it would, took a lot of guts because they live in tacoma too and i was impressed I was impressed with that decision. So people take it very seriously and they take very seriously what the law is as well as what the facts of the case are. And then they apply the facts of the case and what's believable and what the other side has put forward. And then you find out they lied. You know, you find out that uh, some people were lying to you in that courtroom and it wasn't the cops. Hint, hint. The other thing is, is I swore to you that I would send the video of one of the witnesses who claimed that the it was the initial witness with the video and she got on the stand and lied like a rug and i'm going to send her video to the behavior panel and uh, I, I just want them to go over 
her tells and all sorts of things. I, I very much appreciate those guys who also did a treatment of the Cat Williams interview with Shannon Sharp. We were talking about going on the rabbit hole. That's a, I think it's a three-hour interview. And I finally finished it over the weekend, and then I started it over. And I have to say, that honest— video, Victoria, yeah. has 53 million views oh, seriously? in about a week on YouTube, which are insane numbers for a three-hour interview between two people. And I'm sure a lot of them are do-overs, too, because they Maybe. wanted to catch it. I mean, I'm, I'm watching it twice. SNL did a parody sketch of it. That's how iconic it's like already become. Oh, they did? And so I decided last night for the first time, I guess I have to see some of this interview. And my wife and I probably watched a good hour of it. So interesting. But I have to say, hard to take your eyes away when Cat Williams get going, when he gets going. Uh, he had an axe to grind in some respects. Definitely. But then, uh, you know, you realize this guy doesn't have a ton to gain from telling all these stories. I'm, and anyone yeah. who, you know, tells stories in a way that is maybe going to work to their disadvantage, you have to kind of listen up because what interest do they have in, you know, sharing all this information uh -huh. other than, well, it might be the actual truth. Uh, the behavior panel said there's there are times when he's, He's showing that he's really insecure, and then there are other times where he's telling the absolute truth, at least in the truth as he sees it. Well, it's not like Shannon Sharp's going to pay him money for this interview after Shannon the fact. Sharp. You know what I mean? I, I, Shannon Sharp did the most impressive interview I think I've seen in – I can't remember anything this impressive. He had like impressive. a dictionary worth of notes ready to go. He had so – I mean, I, he was so well-prepared. I mean, every interviewer should be this well-prepared, and he – Carried it off beautifully. Uh, and, he, of course, he's going to take some hits because of this, but uh, because there might be other people coming on saying, you know, I might take a, a different way. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bring to you a different way of looking at these things. Uh, Ice Cube, who was mentioned in the interview, a friend of Cat Williams, was also interviewed and said that most of what Cat Williams had to say was, quote, unquote, 100. And uh, he only had a couple of clarifications to make about the casting, about Money Mike casting and stuff like that. But there was nothing really huge that he corrected from what Cat Williams had to say. If you ever want to go down the rabbit hole and see a really incredibly well done interview by Shannon Sharp, whew, go look at that. Unbelievable. Well, let's see. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Having people in the right spots at the right time, in the right place, it, you get it's not alchemy, it's magic. I mean, beyond alchemy, it's it's perfection. And it, so it is with Ron DeSantis and his announcement yesterday. And I'm, I know I'm belaboring this, but I have to tell you what the Washington Post refused to put on its YouTube page for Ron DeSantis's announcement leaving the Republican primary. They put a snippet that had... You know, I'm, and, and so I'm announcing that I'm leaving the primary. But they left out all the other stuff he said, such as, uh, we've got to fight back against these people who are trying to take our country and destroy Western civilization. And oh, by the way. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. 
Yes, my endorsement, because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, <laughs> a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism oh. that Nikki Haley represents. Oh. <laughs> the days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Uh-oh. Oh, hey, what? Oh! <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's why it didn't make the Washington Post YouTube feed after Ron DeSantis decided to get out of the race. And... It would have been so much more easy for them to just put the whole thing as he cut it, as he said it on his Twitter feed or X feed, than dicing and slicing all of this other stuff out. Totally funny. Absolutely hilarious. Well, something else hilarious. I, I would like to say it's hilarious, but it's hilarious in that they think they're going to pull one over on us, okay? And we know better than they do. And it's always the same people who think they know better than we do. And it's about, Jason had this story yesterday, and he's out on our Northwest. And it was the story about how the Democrats are in, encountering and writing and hoping to change the subject on sex offenders. Now, this, of course is something that we have seen. The folks who are the uh, sex offenders are being let out of prison off McNeil Island, put into homes, and we're told that it's, it's not going to be a problem at all. Last week, can you remember this, the expert? The expert who said, you know, these guys won't offend any more than any of the other millions of men in Washington, to which every man in Washington should be shocked and offended, actually. If there were a time to be offended, it would be by that guy at that time, at that moment. But here we have an organization. Uh, it's a board in the state capitol, and it's a sex offender board, sex offender policy board. And they want to change the name of the words sex offender to fighting for people who have committed sex offense. And it's brought to you by this wonderful Democrat. Some people may have a stigma for people who have committed a sex offense. I think they have invaluable information to share that can really guide this board. They want to put sex offenders on the sex offender policy board. And that lovely woman is Tara Simmons, who Jason um, also notes is a uh, three-time uh, three felon. So she just has an affinity for people who have been charged with, with crimes. Um, however, we noticed that there are two victim advocates on the committee, uh, on the board, but there was nobody with lived experience. Of See, lived experience uh, is the only thing that some people want, because what that does is it puts on the same policy board victims of sex offenders and sex offenders. Both have lived experience, and she wants that. But what she really wants, what she really wants is sex offenders on this board and if we get time we'll go over some of the testimony it's pretty remarkable 
these people being um, sexually assaulted or abused. And so I wanted to make sure that we had that voice there as well. Um, and the uh, you know trainings, I think the, the board really wants to have more team building. I team building between sex offenders and sex offender victims. The expert class. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, we got much more to come. Uh, we got know-it-all, we got everything. Coming up in the next hour of the Brian Suit Show, Victoria Taft, your adults in the room, in today on AM 770 KTTH.